Chapter Seventeen of The Trespasser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. The Trespasser by D. H. Lawrence. Chapter Seventeen. Towards morning, Siegmund went to sleep. For four hours until seven o'clock, the womb of sleep received him and nourished him again. But it is finest of all to wake, he said, as the bright sunshine of the window and the lumining green sunshine coming through the lifted hands of the leaves challenged him into the open. The morning was exceedingly fair, and it looked at him so gently that his blue eyes trembled with self-pity. A fragment of scarlet geranium glanced up at him as he passed, so that amid the vermilion tyranny of the uniform it wore he could see the eyes of the flower, wistful, offering him love as one sometimes sees the eyes of a man beneath the brass helmet of a soldier, and is startled. Everything looked at him with the same eyes of tenderness, offering him, timidly, a little love. "'They are all extraordinarily sweet,' said Siegmund to the full-mouthed scabious and the awkward downcast ragwort. Three or four butterflies fluttered up and down in agitated little leaps around him. Instinctively Siegmund put his hand forward to touch them. "'The careless little beggars,' he said. When he came to the cliff-tops, there was the morning, very bravely dressed, rustling forward with a silken sound and much silken shining to meet him. The battleships had gone. The sea was blue with a panier of diamonds. The sky was full with a misty tenderness like love. Siegmund had never recognised before the affection that existed between him and everything. We do not realise how tremendously dear and indispensable to us are the hosts of common things till we must leave them, and we break our hearts. We have been very happy together, everything seemed to say. Siegmund looked up into the eyes of the morning with a laugh. It is very lovely, he said whatever happens so he went down to the beach his dark blue eyes darker from last night's experience smiled always with the pride of love he undressed by his usual altar-stone how closely familiar everything is he thought it seems almost as if the curves of this stone were rounded to fit in my soul. He touched the smooth white slope of the stone gently with discovering fingers, in the same way as he touched the cheek of Helena, or of his own babies. 
he found great pleasure in this feeling of intimacy with things a very soft wind shy as a girl put his arms round him and seemed to lay its cheek against his chest he placed his hands beneath his arms where the wind was caressing him and his eyes opened with wondering pleasure they find no fault with me he said i suppose they are as fallible as i and so don't judge he added as he waded thigh-deep into the water thrusting it to hear the mock angry remonstrance once more he said and he took the sea in his arms he swam very quietly the water buoyed him up holding him closely clasped he swam towards the white rocks of the headlands they rose before him like beautiful buttressed gates so glistening that he half expected to see fantail pigeons puffing like white irises in the niches and white peacocks with dark green feet stepping down the terraces trailing a sheen of silver helena is right he said to himself as he swam scarcely swimming but moving upon the bosom of the tide she is right it is all enchanted i have got into her magic at last let us see what it is like he determined to visit again his little bay he swam carefully round the terraces whose pale shadows through the swift spinning emerald facets of the water seemed merest fancy siegmund touched them with his foot they were hard cold dangerous he swam carefully as he made for the archway the shadows of the headland chilled the water there under the water clamouring in a throng at the base of the submerged walls were sea-women with dark locks and young sea-girls with soft hair vividly green striving to climb up out of the darkness into the morning their hair swirling in abandon siegmund was half afraid of their frantic efforts but the tide carried him swiftly through the high gate into the porch there was exultance in this sweeping entry the skin-white full-fleshed walls of the archway were dappled with green lights that danced in and out among themselves siegmund was carried along in an invisible chariot beneath the jewel-stained walls the tide swerved threw him as he swam against the inward curving white rock his elbow met the rock and he was sick with pain he held his breath trying to get back the joy and magic he could not believe that the lovely smooth side of the rock fair as his own side with its ripple of muscles could have hurt him thus he let the water carry him till he might climb out onto the shingle there he sat upon a warm boulder 
and twisted to look at his arm the skin was grazed not very badly merely a ragged scarlet patch no bigger than a carnation petal the bruise however was painful especially when a minute or two later he bent his arm no said he pitiably to himself it is impossible it should have hurt me i suppose i was careless nevertheless the aspect of the morning changed he sat on the boulder looking out on the sea the azure sky and the sea laughed on holding a bright conversation one with another the two headlands of the tiny bay gossiped across the street of water all the boulders and the pebbles of the seashore played together surely said siegmund they take no notice of me they do not care a jot or a tittle for me i am a fool to think myself one with them he contrasted this with the kindness of the morning as he had stood on the cliffs i was mistaken he said it was an illusion he looked wistfully out again like neighbours leaning from opposite windows of an overhanging street the headlands were occupied one with another white rocks strayed out to sea followed closely by other white rocks everything was busy interested occupied with its own pursuit and with its own comrades siegmund alone was without pursuit or comrade they will all go on the same they will be just as gay even helena after a while will laugh and take interest in others what do i matter siegmund thought of the futility of death we are not long for music and laughter love and desire and hate i think we have no portion in them after we pass the gate why should i be turned out of the game he asked himself rebelling he frowned and answered oh lord the old argument but the thought of his own expunging from the picture was very bitter like the puff from the steamer's funnel i should be gone he looked at himself at his limbs and his body in the pride of his maturity he was very beautiful to himself nothing in the place where i am he said gone like a puff of steam that melts on the sunshine again siegmund looked at the sea it was glittering with laughter as at a joke and i he said lying down in the warm sand i am nothing i do not count i am inconsiderable he set his teeth with pain there were no tears there was no relief a convulsive gasping shook him as he lay on the sands all the while he was arguing with himself well he said 
if i am nothing dead i am nothing alive but the vulgar proverb arose better a live dog than a dead lion to answer him it seemed an ignominy to be dead it meant to be overlooked even by the smallest creature of god's earth surely that was a great ignominy helena meanwhile was bathing for the last time by the same seashore with him she was no swimmer her endless delight was to explore to discover small treasures for her the world was still a great wonder-box which hid innumerable sweet toys for surprises in all its crevices she had bathed in many rock-pools tepid baths trying first one then another she had lain on the sand where the cold arms of the ocean lifted her and smothered her impetuously like an awful lover the sea is a great deal like siegmund she said as she rose panting trying to dash her nostrils free from water it was true the sea as it flung over her filled her with the same uncontrollable terror as did siegmund when he sometimes grew silent and strange in a tide of passion she wandered back to her rock-pools they were bright and docile they did not fling her about in a game of terror she bent over watching the anemone's fleshy petals shrink from the touch of her shadow and she laughed to think they should be so needlessly fearful the flowing tide trickled noiselessly among the rocks widening and deepening insidiously her little pools helena retreated towards a large cave round the bend there the water gurgled under the bladder-rack of the large stones the air was cool and clammy she pursued her way into the gloom bending though there was no need shivering at the coarse feel of the seaweed beneath her naked feet the water came rustling up beneath the fucus as she crept along on the big stones it returned with a quiet gurgle which made her shudder though even that was not disagreeable it needed for all that more courage than was easy to summon before she could step off her stone into the black pool that confronted her it was festooned thick with weeds that slid under her feet like snakes she scrambled hastily upwards towards the outlet turning the ragged arch was before her brighter than the brightest window it was easy to believe the light fairies stood outside in a throng excited with fine fear throwing handfuls of light into the dragon's hole how surprised they will be to see me said helena scrambling forward laughing she stood still in the archway astounded 
the sea was blazing with white fire and glowing with azure as coals glow red with heat below the flames the sea was transfused with white burning while over it hung the blue sky in a glory like the blue smoke of the fire of god helena stood still and worshipped it was a moment of astonishment when she stood breathless and blinded involuntarily offering herself for a thank-offering she felt herself confronting god at home in his white incandescence his fire settling on her like the holy spirit her lips were parted in a woman's joy of adoration the moment passed and her thoughts hurried forward in confusion it is good said helena it is very good she looked again and saw the waves like a line of children racing hand in hand the sunlight pursuing catching hold of them from behind as they ran wildly till they fell caught with the sunshine dancing upon them like a white dog it is really wonderful here said she but the moment had gone she could not see again the grand burning of god among the waves after a while she turned away as she stood dabbling her bathing dress in a pool siegmund came over the beach to her you are not gone then he said siegmund she exclaimed looking up at him with radiant eyes as if it could not be possible that he had joined her in this rare place his face was glowing with the sun's inflaming but helena did not notice that his eyes were full of misery i actually he said smiling i did not expect you she said still looking at him in radiant wonder i could easier have expected she hesitated struggled and continued eros walking by the sea but you are like him she said looking radiantly up into siegmund's face isn't it beautiful this morning she added siegmund endured her wide glad look for a moment then he stooped and kissed her he remained moving his hand in the pool ashamed and full of contradiction he was at the bitter point of farewell could see beyond the glamour around him the ugly building of his real life isn't the sea wonderful this morning said helena as she wrung the water from her costume it is very fine he answered he refrained from saying what his heart said it is my last morning it is not yours it is my last morning and the sea is enjoying the joke and you are full of delight yes said siegmund the morning is perfect 
it is assented helena warmly have you noticed the waves they are like a line of children chased by a white dog aye said siegmund didn't you have a good time she asked touching with her fingertips the nape of his neck as he stooped beside her i swam to my little bay again he replied did you she exclaimed pleased she sat down by the pool in which she washed her feet free from sand holding them to siegmund to dry i am very hungry she said and i he agreed i feel quite established here she said gaily something in his position having reminded her of their departure he laughed it seems another eternity before the three forty-five train doesn't it she insisted i wish we might never go back he said helena sighed it would be too much for life to give we have had something siegmund she said he bowed his head and did not answer it has been something dear she repeated he rose and took her in his arms everything he said his face muffled in the shoulder of her dress he could smell her fresh and fine from the sea everything he said she pressed her two hands on his head i did well didn't i siegmund she asked helena felt the responsibility of this holiday she had proposed it when he had withdrawn she had insisted refusing to allow him to take back his word declaring that she should pay the cost he permitted her at last wonderfully well helena he replied she kissed his forehead you are everything he said she pressed his head on her bosom end of chapter 17 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey